The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Sony Open. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. Hello, Rick. Looking forward to the Sony this week. It's a it's a really good field, which is uh, which is exciting. Cool golf course. Big difference from last week, and we got some really good players here. I think this is. Uh, I'll have to go look at the numbers and all that stuff, but I think this might be the strongest field the Sony Open has ever had, or at least for a long time. Yeah, it's um, it, it's surprisingly good. I, I think these guys having the opportunity to take some time off in the fall, uh, they're they're itching to go. And what a better place. I mean, is there a better place to get started than Hawaii? Um, So pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And I know the fans are because they now have the power to individually cast their one and done selections, which they did so beautifully last week, last week, over 700 different users. You can still get involved. There is a link in the description. You'll just start a little bit behind everybody else. But if you've been in since last week, make sure to get your uh, picks in again and continue to roll out. Greg, we were just kind of talking about who the one and done play of the week is. We've kind of, I don't know. I don't know if we've, I don't know if we've hammered anything down. No, I don't think we have. I have an idea in mind, but there's one that I'm very curious about. Um, It's not the one we were talking about before the show. It's somebody else. Boy, now but. But I don't know how much risk I, I don't know how much star power I want to throw into this week. You know, that's kind of where my head is. But how many events do we have this season? Thirty nine. Um, I thought it was thirty thirty one. Uh, OK, in the because like you don't do the opposite field events or whatever. Right. I, I thought the number was thirty one. So you don't have to go crazy. Right. You could go. I mean, who are the 31 best players? You're going to get most. You can get most of most of the 31 best players in. So it's not like we I mean, we used to do it with the wraparound and that get that's that can get crazy. So I, I think you have some flexibility. I think you could take a chance. I think you can go with one of the big names. It still could be very worth it. Um, but I think there are a couple of other kind of next tier down guys that could be really good plays. Okay. Well, we will reveal our official one and done selections on Tuesday's mega preview pod. The submissions to run your pool are not due until this tournament tees off on Thursday. Okay, great. You mentioned the differences uh, between last week's uh, plantation course and this week's Wailai Country Club. So we are moving from Maui to Oahu. This is played in Honolulu. And Troy, if you want to share my screen, I've got the scorecard up here. When you think of Wailai, what comes to mind? Flat. 
uh, beautiful. And it, it's not very long, but I, I think he, it can play pretty difficult at times. There are plenty of tough holes. You know, one thing that happens at Kapalua, you don't really see guys in a lot of trouble. There's not a lot of spots that it are, oh boy, that looks like it's real trouble. When you get here to Wailai, it, it's not like there's, it's not like Florida where there's trouble everywhere. Uh, but there is, you know, the rough can be difficult to predict. Um, being Bermuda rough, it's not that long, about what, three inches or so, um, which is pretty healthy for Bermuda and gives guys a challenge. So you have much flatter greens. They can get really firm and fast controlling your ball into these greens becomes a real test. And of course, just like last week, you're going to have to make some putts out here. Yeah, you are going to have to make some putts. And I'm glad you mentioned it. You know, on the surface, three inches of, of Bermuda grass, it doesn't look that bad, but it does cause kind of fits. And then the stats back that up as, you know, missing the fairway, you can get into some trouble around here. But it is only a par 70, 70 uh, 7,044 yards. And we have seen the shorter hitters find a way to have success. It's not the only path here, Greg, but a full field event at the beginning of the year where everybody's kind of live. I think it is more difficult to handicap this event than others, which I think kind of goes back to the conversation you were having about one and done saying, Hey, you know, I don't know if I want to use like a, a, a big dog out of the gate right here. Cause I think there is a lot of natural variance built into this event. Yes. And again, like you said, everybody's live. So when we look through um, rickrongood.com or trying to find the guys who are playing the best, it's hard to get a real idea of that. And, you know, you don't know what guys have been doing during the off season. You don't know how hard they've been working. Um, I, hear, I heard Johnson Wagner talking about a, a win that he had here before, and he came to the Sony Open knowing he was going to win. He had yeah. never been more prepared, but he had a really focused offseason. He got in the gym. He got himself in shape. He played at Kapalua, and he came to he came to Wiley expecting to win. And those are the kind of things that you can't see on a stat sheet. So, yeah, everybody's live. You can take and probably should. If you're especially in a you know big tournament trying to take home a big GPP, you probably got to take some chances on guys that maybe weren't in good form in the fall and hope that they found something. For our purposes here, I don't really like analyzing on hopes. Mm. Um, but there may be some guys with good course histories. There may be guys that are good course fits who maybe we haven't seen in a while who I think are still very live. I, I, I follow the saying, uh, hope is not a strategy, Greg. So that, that's right, right in my wheelhouse. And it is as if there wasn't anything else we could kind of uh, pour into this bowl. You get a lot of the new guys, a lot of the KFT grads who are now going to have their PGA tour card for the very first time. Guess where they're making their debut? Right here at Wiley. So it, it's just, again, I, I said it before, this is a very difficult one to figure out. Yeah, and, and those guys, as you see, when we go through our brackets, they're probably not going to be names we've circled. Because like you said, hope is not a strategy. I think that's very well said. Uh, and I will probably steal that from you. Um, and if you're lucky, well, for the first couple of months, I'll credit you for it. And then we'll see what, eventually it'll become mine. Yeah, that's, fine. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, right. that's, that's how it works. Um, but once we get past the statute of limitations, so these, these new guys probably aren't going to be on my list, but like I said, to take down, there's probably going to be one or two of them that pop up on, near the top of this leaderboard, and they could be really valuable assets. It's just really hard to figure out which one it's going to be. So there's not going to be many in in my uh, in my the names that I give out today, um, but it doesn't mean that they're not worth taking a look at. All right, well, we've got work to do because there's a lot of players in this field and we got to start naming names. We will do just that. But first, we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. 
Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. We are back. This is my website, rickrungood.com. If you are watching on YouTube, if you're listening, that's what I'm showing. And this is the cheat sheet. There are four golfers over $10,000. Ludwig Oberg at $10,500. Terrell Hatton, $10,003. Matt Fitzpatrick at $10,200. And Saith Figala, fresh off of his runner-up finish last week on Maui, rounds us out at an even $10,000. Greg, let's spend... A lot of our money, let's do it at the top. And I think you do it right at the top because Ludwig, the best thing that happened for the Saudi Open DFS players is Ludwig finishing T47 last week. That's exactly right. It's fantastic. And if you saw that he shot 77 and it worries you, be worried. Be terrified. Be terrified. Stay away. But I will not be staying away. <laughs> um, I, I said on Saturday, I think it was Saturday that I, yeah, it was Saturday. I gave him a complete pass. Yeah, and he went out and shot sixty-four uh, on on Sunday. That's right. We're not going to spread that to the masses, but he did shoot sixty-four on Sunday. So I, I don't think there's anything broken in Ludwig's game. Uh, you look at these past results. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it on Rick's page right now. Everything except for last week is top twenty-five finishes. Uh, his off the tee performance is dominant and could very well be the best on tour. He hasn't had enough time to prove that yet. Um, but it has nothing to do with how he's performed off the tee. It is a cheat code. And here at Wiley, that is extremely important. Accuracy is important. Um, probably more important than distance. But when you can hit it as long and as straight as Ludwig, um, I circle this name and I circle it twice. Yeah, so this will this will get nerdy for a second, but I'll make it quick. The... Wildlife Country Club, if you miss the fairway, it's it, you lose about uh, 0.18 strokes every time you do that. If you hit the ball farther than uh, the driving distance average for that hole, you pick up about 0.15 strokes. So 
It behooves you to be very accurate. It behooves you to be very long. If you are long and accurate, you are playing a different golf course than everybody else. And it's really no surprise that Ludwig did not flex his driving muscle last week, Greg. I mean, Max Homa just hit the longest drive in shot link history. You know, JJ Spawn is out there, you know, last year bopping 450 yard drive. There's a reason that he doesn't get to flex his muscle because everybody gets the benefit off the tee last week. That is not going to be the case this week. Right. And sometimes if you're shorter and you're landing a ball a little higher up on the hill, you may get a little more moment. You end up with more roll. It becomes advantageous at times. So there's some things that get a little strange at Wiley with driving. It almost makes that uh, strokes gained off the tee column. And you could argue strokes gained approach column near irrelevant at, at, uh, at Kapalua. But it's very relevant here at Wiley. And I, I expect Ludwig to come right back to form and um, win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, listen, I'm 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 with you, buddy. So, uh, ten thousand five hundred dollars for Ludwig. Then the pair of Englishmen in the middle and and Sahit down at the bottom. I probably go Ludwig Fitzpatrick Hatton Sahith. Um, you, you know, I think I think Sahith really benefits from. Uh, the setup last week off the tee. I do think he's getting better, Greg. I think he's getting Mm. more consistent. I think the rest of his game is getting much sharper, but the, there's not going to be a lot of courses. This is not going to be a one of them where you can spray it without regard for accuracy and get away with it. Like you did last week. I, I still, I probably put Sahith above Hatton, but I agree that Fitzpatrick's in the second spot. I just think Sahith has gotten so much more consistent. Uh, And and the notion that we have about him spraying it off the tee is still there. But I'm totally with you. It's gotten a lot better. Uh, And and he's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. Uh, He is a very good putter, can get very hot. And that's a big benefit here at at the Sony. So I I still think Sahith is playable. I, I don't generally like playing guys coming off a really emotional week, the week prior. I, it's just something it happens. They perform well. I generally back off after a really, really high performance week like he had last week. That's just my personal preference. Saif has played this event once. It was two years ago. He finished T48. He lost eight and a half strokes, ball striking. He gained eight in the short game categories. I think he is a much different player than he was two years ago. I don't, even if that was flipped, I don't think I would have really cared. He is one of the few that, um, I really try to live in the moment with because, because I think he's getting, I think he's improving constantly. I do too. Um, now I've been wrong on him a lot, but he's getting easier to be right on because he's getting a lot more consistent. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's worth a play where Hatton on the other hand talked about his, not him, not feeling very good with his long game. And you could see because he was able to perform well, uh, that, it didn't really separate what happened in the long game, the golf course. And he made a lot of putts. So that's why one of the reasons why he was able to get himself up into the mix. So I'm less faithful with Hatton. Uh, But Fitzpatrick, we both have him in the two spot. He may be an interesting guy this week. If you're going to pivot off of Ludwig, if, if everybody follows our advice and ignores Ludwig 77 and plays him, I think Fitzpatrick could be a really good pivot. I love that he he has just continued to play once or twice every month all year long. He's continued to play well. He is uh, much better off the tee now than he's ever been. He's one of, he's a scorching hot putter. The short game is there. I, I do want to throw this out to you, Greg, because the 10K range, Sahith finished T48 two years ago. Fitzpatrick has never played here. Hatton has never played here. Ludwig has never played here. Is there a care about that? Is there a a nuance that experience would be able to uncover about Wiley? I think these players are ready to figure it out. Um, Now, the interesting thing is there are some guys in this field who have extremely long records here. 
They play here every year. Some guys have 10, 11, 12 starts. I mean, Stuart Sink, it's like a full season of PGA Tour events here, yeah. you know, through his career. So it, it's, it, it is interesting. I don't think any of these guys are automatic uh, um, as much as I like Ludwig. And, and I think there's a very real possibility of, um, of skipping this range being a, a good strategy, but I don't think it's because of the course history. I just, I don't think you have locks at the top. Nine golfers in this field have played at least 40 rounds dating back to 2008. So, I mean, 40 rounds, um, that's 10, 10. I mean, it could be probably 11. You probably missed a cut if you've missed a cut or two. So it's, it's a lot. Stuart sink has Stuart sink and, and Zach Johnson have 60, rounds <laughs> at Wiley under their belt. Stewart Sink has not missed a year here. Well, he missed 2020 uh, and 2011 and 2008. And that's basically it. Right. Yeah. So it, he comes here. <laughs> he likes it. Yeah. He likes, likes to get come it. here often. Yeah. Every year, every single year likes to get his uh, Hawaiian swing done in January. Uh, the nine K range really interesting here. So Brian Harmon, Corey Connors, Eric Cole, Russell Henley and Chris Kirk sit in the middle. The return of Will Zalatoris, 9,300. I'm not counting the hero. JT Poston, 91. And Hideki Matsuyama, 9,000. We do have guys who have played recently. We do have guys that have played here before. We've got last week's winner. We've got a rookie of the year. We've got a guy who can't putt except for when he comes to Wildlife. We got a lot here, Greg. We got a lot. Um, and you just mentioned with a little tease, a guy who can't putt who, <laughs> except when he comes here. So let's start there. Okay. There are three guys in this ranch. I really like there probably should be four, but uh, I'll stick with three for now. Corey Connors is one of them. You look at the record here. It's pretty simple. After his first year, every start has been a top 12. Yep. He's a guy who can't putt. He's gained strokes putting here every time except last year. He still finished D12. Exactly. And you talk about someone who stripes it off the tee uh, and and has an ability to, um, or this golf course provides an advantage in that. That is Corey Connors. What, what do you have for his driving accuracy here? Uh, 70. So it's, it's weird. He's actually 78th in driving accuracy. Yeah. But when he misses, it is by a very small amount. Um, right. He's one of the better guys from distance, distance from edge of fairway. He does not spray it. And he's longer than, I mean, he's 45th on tour, which in this field, he's probably, gosh, he's probably like 18th. Right. So that that's kind of your double advantage. He has the ability to hit it long and straight. Uh, and and is clearly comfortable on this golf course. I think that's one of the big reasons why. Uh, I don't like what he's done recently on the greens. To be honest, that's pretty bad. Uh, he's but gained, he gained off the tee in seventeen straight starts. Yeah, yeah, he's lost a lot. Auto putting in his last four. But I think you could start your lineup with Corey Connors if you wanted to fade Ludwig. I'm. I'm just as comfortable with Corey Connors as I am with Matt Fitzpatrick here. You know, I, I, I don't think there's a huge separation between those two. I like Fitzpatrick more, but not by much. So I, I think there's a very real possibility uh, and a very live play to start your lineup with Corey Connors. I, I also, Rick, I, I think Brian Harmon is yeah. okay. worth I, the play too. I was just going to ask you why Brian Harmon hasn't been better here. So yeah. he's got 12 starts. It's a lot. His last four are like eh, 32nd, 48th, 56th, 32nd, miscut. Then it was better before that. He went 4th, 20th, 13th, 13th. So there, it's not like he's never played well here. And I could make the case, Greg, he's playing the best golf he's ever played right now. <laughs> That's really the thing. So, I, again, you look at that record and it's kind of – I don't think it's bad enough to be of concern. It's not good enough to say um, that you have to play him here. But Corey Connors, you can play here based on his record. Brian Harmon, I don't think you can play and I don't think you can sit based on his record. But 
you mentioned it. He is playing the the best golf of his life. It's continued since the Open Championship. Like we didn't see this regression. T five at the BMW Championship. Uh, then you see a T eight at the Hero World Challenge where he played great, and T five last week at the Century. I mean that that's some really good stuff. The other thing is it it was not out of the blue at the Open Championship. He went runner up ninth, twelfth leading into that. So it, it's it's a pretty big stretch of 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 great golf being played by Brian Harvey. The other thing that I like, how did he dismantle Royal Liverpool? Well, he just hit every single fairway. And we know playing out of the fairway, he's not going to be the longest guy in the world, but playing out of every fairway is a statistical edge around here. And if you consider putting to be a statistical edge, every event since the PGA Championship, with the exception of one, right? he's gained strokes putting. And significantly. Oh my God. Yeah, he fills it up. He absolutely fills it up. It's awesome. And he did it again last week. So could you start with Brian Harmon and Corey Connors? Would you feel comfortable with that? I mean, they're I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. The most interesting man is Will Zalatoris, in my opinion. $9,300, long-term form, long-term. I'm talking 100 rounds. He's the best player in this field. Yeah. Uh, he's like the fifth best player in the world over the last 100 rounds. Now... That is when healthy, which remember he missed nine months in t- of, of 2023 with the back injury that he ended up getting uh, surgery on. He did play the Hero World Challenge, and it was very, very ugly. He gave up 20 strokes to the field. He finished dead last. He lost across the board. I'm willing to be early on Will Zalatoris because I know the ceiling is the best player in this field, but... I'm not sure how long I'm going to have to click his name to go from early to on time. So you mentioned uh, it was at master. He withdrew from masters, right? He withdrew from. Okay. Yes. He completed the match play and then uh, he withdrew from the masters is what I, is what I think I remember. So um, the century tournament at champions last year was his first event back after a surgery. So he won in Memphis, had surgery on his back, came back for the, uh, we'll call it Q1 of last year, and then missed another nine months. So, I mean, those are some really concerning things to me. Um, What we saw at the Hero was ugly. I'm willing to be early on him too, but I I think this is too early. Too early. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm watching intently. I think he's the most right up there with the most interesting players in this field. I I, agree. I think he I think he like is the most interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, possibly Ludwig. I mean, this may be a star is born part two. Um, but Will Zalatoris is uh, is a factor and getting off to a good start this week could put him in position to be a factor in majors like we've expected. Um but I have my I have my doubts. I, I like like the past hundred round stuff. This this could be a completely different player. It's like looking at Sahith. Yes, from two years ago here at the Sony. Different guy. He also I think was I mean the 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 actual thing that is most concerning is he talked about how he had to change his swing and stuff right to help avoid further injury, which I just hate. Yeah, you don't like it. That kind of thing takes time. I do believe the ability of someone to control the golf ball, uh, the hands to hit it solid is something you're not going to lose, but it's taken Tiger Woods a year and a half plus to rebuild his swing and find success with it. Um, To think that Will Zalatoris will get it while recovering from an injury right away, I I, I consider to be far-fetched. Uh, just to put a bow on that, he withdrew from the Masters prior to his Thursday tee time. So just a few minutes before his Thursday tee. So he did not tee off at the Masters and then, of course, missed that that nine-month stretch before coming back at the Hero World Challenge. Okay, there's still a lot here. We've got the Rookie of the Year who refuses to finish outside the top 14. We've got last week's winner who's got a phenomenal record around Wiley. Uh, Hideki's here who won this event two years ago post. I mean, what, what else can we do? 
Poston is the other guy that I really like. Um, I really like what I'm seeing out of JT Poston. You see what happened since the open championship last year was tied second at the three M open. Yeah. He was in the mix on the 18th hole tied seventh. The next week at the win tied 24th at the FedEx St. Jude tied 22nd at the BMW championship tied third at the Shriners tied 44th at the RSM. And then he comes back with a nice T five at the century and he's done it in two really important ways, uh, approach play and putting. The putting has been outstanding. Now, I'd like him to be a little more accurate. Um, if he was a better driver of the golf ball, he'd probably be the one and done play. He's not. So I don't think he used the one and done play, but I do think he makes it into many of my lineups. Yeah, I think that if you just took this stat profile cut out, you know, the names and the finishing positions and gave people like, Hey, who, who is this? I think, I do not think JT Poston's name would come up a lot. This, this is probably a lot better of a stat fo- profile than most people would think for, for JT. Yes. And I think that the results have been a lot better than most people would think for JT Poston. Yeah. No, it's been, been phenomenal. It's been great. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, it was actually really good before the Open, too, the John Deere and the Scottish. So we're going back to July of some really good play. I know I'm skipping over Eric Cole and Russell Henley and Chris Kirk. I mean, you, you could play those guys. Um, but you can't play them all, Greg. You can't play them all. That's the hard thing. So I picked, I pulled three guys out of this ranch. I, I think it's Harmon and Connors and JT Poston is, is my next guy. I think it's Harmon. I think I, um, I think I think Cole is kind of in a tough spot because he's in, you know he's pretty inaccurate. I, I don't know. We'll see. He's he's proven he's proven to kind of be a little immune to a lot of things recently. Um, and I'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see what people do with Russell Henley. That that I think will you know if we get to Wednesday. And we see like a very low projected ownership number. I could probably get to I could probably get to Russell, but it's a it's a great range. If you want to pile up here and get a lot of golfers, you can't get them all, but you can kind of build you know a handful of lineups and get access to a lot of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but it's tough because it's a really good it's a really good section. It's going to hurt to leave off. I mean, it just hurts to not play Eric Cole. It hurts not to play Chris Kirk if he plays well again. You feel like well, duh. I fortunately have a rule where I don't play the winner from last week. How does that, how has that gone for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, more often than not, it's the right play. I will say, and for like 20 years, it was flawless. And then in the last like two, a ton of guys have gone either back yeah. to back or win runner up. Like it's just, it's crazy. as soon as I made it public <laughs> <laughs> when Camilo Vijegas won and then, or no, he went runner up win. I was like, Oh man. Yeah, not. <laughs> I always try to. I always avoid that stuff. You just don't see a ton of it. Um, but I guess you're seeing more of it. And Chris Kirk was automatic last week. He was flawless. I, I thought his Sunday round was almost flawless. What? Uh, like, what do you credit? He left a couple of putts short. Yeah, and um, I thought on uh, maybe. What, what the wet 12? The wet yeah. shot? Yeah. Yeah, that was a weak wet shot. Other it's like that, 29 feet. Other than that, it was it was flawless. And then when he got to 18, he just played 18 to make par. And it was like, it's over. Which is such an easy hole when you're playing to just make par. Right. Again, that's an easy five. Because you have you can hit it so far right of the trouble. The only place you can't make five from. You could just hit it away from that. Yeah. It's, so it was, it was false. false he did his work by 17. Yeah, he did. Um, we're going to continue this conversation. We'll go eights, sevens, sixes, get you a little bit of value. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too. With the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Gregors, we're back, and we've got the 8K range here, and it starts at $8,700 with Benny on, Siwoo Kim, Cam Davis. The middle is your Denny McCarthy and Harris English, and then we round it out with Justin Rose, Steven Yeager, Adam Hadwin, Keegan Bradley. So still a fairly small list of names, guys that kind of, in some cases, struggled last week. We don't know the full extent of state as some of these guys games. So what do you want to do here in the eights? I got a couple guys I really like here. Um, one is Ben on. Okay. Um, now the putter change. I just love, I love a, a guy that's on team. No putt going to the long putter. Do, do you think that the, do you think, I know it's not, it's obviously not cheating. He's not, he's not anchoring that to his chest. But it's the same concept. It's basically like a loophole, right? They found a loophole in the system. Bernard Longer, same thing, right? He gets even closer. But like it's the same concept. And a half a half an inch is the only thing that makes it legal. Um, this kind of goes down a, a rabbit hole for me. I don't. I, I am not in favor of banning things from the game of golf. No, me neither. I, I actually do agree with that. I just I, I I look at the anchor ban and it it to me targeted like three guys. It said, yeah. "Well, we're we're just gonna." This is a harsh word, but we're just gonna ruin your career. Yeah, and it's also like because because we're smarter than you. Well, because we figure we don't like the way this looks. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't change the way it looks because there are loopholes like this. Right. So I, I don't mean to bash the governing bodies. I just I think it's a needless rule. And if you want to putt with a putter that's anchored to your chest, there are a lot of things the, the way that I teach putting. I think you miss out on some real benefits you know the the concept that uh, that i put with and teach with is a little bit different than that it, that would favor more of an arm lock kind of method so it's not like it's it's not cheating it just it it really works for guys um and and ben on is in this camp where he is an excellent driver of the golf ball excellent uh and I was a little surprised to see his approach play. I think he's a better, I think he, he can be a better iron player than, than this column shows right now on, which is kind of hit or miss. You know, um, there have definitely been some events where he's losing strokes, approaching the green. Uh, but, but having this new putter as a weapon, I think really benefits him and makes him a really strong play this week. Also one start here, T12, by That's the way. That's exactly what I was going to say. One start here, T12. So $8,700, Benny on. Cam Davis, oh mama, uh, was miserable last week. He finished 52nd, which snapped a, a really good stretch of golf for him in the fall. Maybe it was knocking rust off. He's got four straight starts here, 32nd or better in every single one. How much of like the first start stuff from last week do we care about now he played a little bit he played he played the australian open but he lost 10 strokes from t to green last week uh it kill it's killing me because my plan coming into the year was this is cam sony open is cam davis all the way and last week was just bad enough where it's making me second guess. I'm a big fan of writing things off when somebody's shown this much rust, but uh, shown this much success. I mean, and then they come in after a little time off and have a, a rusty start. 
I just I, I worry about this one a little bit, Rick. I, I don't think I'm going to go the Cam Davis route. I'm with you, too. I'm not nearly as excited about this 8K range as I was the 9K range. I guess that's how it works. I think I think Danny McCarthy plays well enough and puts well enough to make a little bit of noise. And I think Keegan Bradley um, drives it well enough and has historically had a couple of decent finishes around here to get me excited. But I'm I'm not particularly interested in much of this. All right. I got a couple guys I'm excited about that you didn't mention. So one is Harris English. Yeah. I'm very excited about Harris English. I think he's healthy, which is a big deal. And he's putted very well here at Wiley as well. Uh, another one of these guys with a lot of rounds here. And well, he's played, what is this, 10 times? 10 times, Rick? 11. 11, 11 times. Yeah. He's lost strokes putting twice on yeah. the golf course. He's got a tied third, a tied fourth. I, I have a sense that um, that Harris English is going to have a really good week. He's struggled off the tee here, uh, but he's been driving it well the last couple of starts he's had at the end of last season and now at the beginning of this season. I know why. I know why is totally different than Kapalua, but um, but I, I think Harris English could be right near the top of the leaderboard this week. I am interested to see. I, I agree. When healthy, Harris English has always been a very well-rounded, solid golfer. And he's got a couple of spots on tour, which he's had a lot of great success at. So I, I agree. He's another guy, you know, a couple rungs below Will Zalatoris. But I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on because I think it'll tell a, a larger story about what might come in 2024. Um, here's another guy. Got the price is fine. The price is right here. It's Steven Yeager. Mm. Steven oh, yeah. Yeager has been so steady. It's just been all fall. He was just, he's priced too high. Yeah, he's like $10,000. Yeah, it's like the third highest priced guy in the field. Like, okay. Because part of the concern. If you watched the show back then, you know, we talked about this a lot, Rick. Yeah, he's really good across the board, but it's not leading to enough. Right. You know, there's not like one lever that needs to get pulled and all of a sudden he's going to win. Um, so I, I think Steven Yeager is a really safe play. And I think at 8,100, he can be a, a kind of anchor spot in your lineup, depending on construction. Then you can get a little aggressive, get a little wonky outside of that. But he could be a really, really safe play. I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot that he was, you know, three straight starts over ten thousand dollars <laughs> in the fall. Much more, much more reasonable. Now he hasn't missed a cut since April, uh, right? And and there's listen, there's plenty of T nines to T twenties, which doesn't help you when he's ten thousand two hundred when he's. 8,100. That's a different story, obviously. So I'm, I, right. I, that, that's interesting. Yep. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I want to get your thoughts. I, I think I know where you're going with this, but Justin Rose last week, I mean, this, it looks really bad. The stats looked really bad, but he got some bad luck. There were some bad breaks. He shot 61 on Sunday. He shot twelve. He shot twelve under par on Sunday. That out that erases some of those big, bold, red numbers that you see from from the century. Is it for you? I am at least slightly more bullish than bearish on Justin Rose, just because I think he had a really good twenty twenty three that was much better statistically than 2022 was. You know, he, he used to be very reliant on the short game. Not anymore. This turbulence that he has seen just in the last couple of starts, I think is, is pretty easy to write off to a lot of different things. And if I'm going to be excited about a couple of final rounds or a couple of weekend plays from the century for other guys, I have to at least acknowledge them here for Justin Rose. So all that being said, I'm I'm like a 5.7 out of 10. I think I'm a little higher than that. And here's the other thing. This course history is 
um, stretched over a very long period of time, but it's darn good. He missed the cut in 2006. Um, but other than that, everything's been a top 20, including the second, the last time he was here in 2017, tied 13th in 2011, tied 12th in 2010. And his first start here was a tied 20th. So that, that's a really solid record. Um, coming off of 61, I, I think he likes the place. I, I'm, uh, I'm excited about Justin Rose, too. Let's continue this conversation down into the 7K range. The top, a couple of familiar names, Alex Noren, Brendan Todd, Akshay Batia. The middle includes Keith Mitchell, Ben Griffin, Aaron Rye. The bottom of the 7K range, Austin Eckroat, Ben Coles, Davis Thompson, among others. Okay, we are getting into savvy vets plus newcomers range, Greg. The known entities, very known entities versus the very unknown entities. So where do you want to start? Uh, I I am not as excited about this range <laughs> as I was about any of the other ranges, and that's to, that's almost predictable. There may be some gaps here, but now I think we can start taking some chances, okay. right? T- taking some leaps of faith. So I want to start off. I, I just feel like a little respect is due to Akshay Batia. Okay. Um, I don't love this in fact when i was making my notes beforehand i didn't i did not write his name down in the 7k guys that i like and i'm just wondering if i'm disrespecting a tropical superstar again because he had what because he had one terrible round on sunday sunday the sunday collapse i mean long putter in play same situation has been on it just he was in the final group and it didn't work out. He has of, of his nine top tens in Corn Ferry Tour or PGA Tour, six of them are at tropical venues. It's also it's also a stretch where he's made seven straight cuts. He has one, two, three, four top twenty-one finishes in his last five starts. If he would have had that round that he had on Sunday on Thursday, and then played we'd be very excited about him i i think so too so he's he's worth a look and and 7800 is a really good price in my opinion so i don't want to disrespect him but let's get to my list rick uh and how about luke list again okay i actually wanted to see what luke list did with the putter last week and he did it again yeah yeah, this is this is going to be borderline, like borderline breakout year stuff if he can do this. Yeah, especially at the beginning of the year where you know he's going to go to tour, he's going to go back to Tory where he's won, and if you hit it like he hits it, and you do anything remotely close to zero with the putter, and he's been much better than that. This is it's a very very good profile. He has played here six times. He's missed five cuts. Uh, yeah, baby. He has a T13 uh, back in 2017, and he that's the only time he gained strokes putting. So I, I don't think it's a golf course he doesn't like. I think Luke List has been a terrible putter and has figured something out. So I'm, I'm willing to go in on that so now maybe three guys are all in the same thing bet on going to a long putter akshay going to a long putter lukeless figuring something out with the putting maybe that's too much to go on that theme but i in general i'm very positive on guys who make changes with their putter uh and and it and it works i think it gives you a huge boost of confidence yeah and i've been i've been doing like some season long drafts and i've been drafting a lot of like late round luke list because I, oh, yeah. I think it's like, because if this is real, if this is real, he's going to make a ton of noise. If it's not, I can just cut him. Like, who cares? <laughs> right, right. Anybody, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, you won't be able to cut him this week, but he's 7,600. You know yeah. that? I, and I think that's worth the, I think that's really worth the price. You look around this range as well. Um, we mentioned Akshay. I, I like Luke List more than I like Matt Kuchar. I like Luke List more than Adam Svensson. Hmm. 
I don't know what to do with Lucas Glover because I kind of like Lucas Glover too. Um, but I, I'm not sure the I'm not sure the um, putting has stuck. He may have gotten rid of the yips, which is great, but I still think we have an issue on the greens. I think we have I think we have a huge issue. I mean, he made a I mean, he made a career in eight rounds and he had he has had four good putting putting weeks in like his last 20 weeks and those four he got everything out of right he got a sixth a fifth and two wins and now i mean he coughed up six strokes putting last week yeah that's unfortunately vintage lucas glover right right and he's played well here. He's putted okay here. But I'm a little worried about it. All right, so I, I think you've convinced me. I'm going to stay away from him. All right, I got I got two more names for you that I'm pretty excited about. Okay. Uh, Keith Mitchell. Oh, okay. Okay, now there's nothing. This is one of those guys, you look at this page, and you're not going to see anything very exciting. Right. I, I don't think last year was a particularly exciting year for Keith Mitchell. Um, but I, I don't think it was egregiously bad in any regards. I don't think we have an area of deep concern. And we haven't seen him since the RSM. So we're coming off a long off season. His fingerprint as a player is a great driver of the golf ball. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think fits here. He will have an advantage here. And then you look at his course history here and it's really good. Um, He has two missed cuts and everything else. The four other starts are top 25 finishes. Uh, And I I like that profile. I think this is a golf course that suits his advantages. Uh, and, And if he can make a couple of putts, he could contend. Yeah, no, I listen. Um, I, I agree with I agree with most of that. Like long term DNA, this should be a pretty good spot for Keith Mitchell. And, and maybe this is for the guys that didn't play Kapalua, and maybe even those guys too. Maybe that's the way to look at the start of this season. Uh, long term DNA more so than recent form or what they did in the fall, for instance, because there's kind of a reset. So I, I think Cashmere Keith could come off hot. Did you have one more? Aaron Rye. Okay, Aaron Rye. Yeah, played on the DP World Tour a couple times in the fall quite well. I also think of Aaron Rye as a pretty good, accurate driver of the ball, kind of a solid, uh, solid ball striker. Not a great record here. Very accurate. Incredibly accurate. Very accurate, which catches my attention. Uh-huh. Hasn't figured out the greens here. Maybe third time's a charm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, but it missed cut in a T61 here. Those would be the concerns. That's why I prefer Keith Mitchell over Aaron Rye, and they're the same price. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Rye in the mix. Played a lot in the fall. Played three times in September, three times in October, once in November. So we haven't seen him since the Ned Bank Golf Challenge. That was the second of back-to-back top 10 finishes and third straight top 25 finishes ball striking is great very accurate just needs to gain like a stroke with the putter yeah quarter shot around that's all that's all um we mentioned a lot of the guys that i like i will also just point out kind of these they're not necessarily debuts but now with their full tour card adrian dumont de chasse addc catching a lot of love from those who follow on the uh corn fairy tour and i also greg am you know these these late round flyers i'm taking in 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 season long fantasy golf get a lot of davis thompson Mm. you know very highly regarded amateur who I, I now believe is starting to figure it out a little bit. And the ball striking numbers are coming together. He's made six straight cuts, a couple of you know top 30s in there as well. I like to see the way he's hitting it. So he's somebody that I've also been uh, pretty bullish on as, as we head into 2024. I like that as a late round draft and season yeah. long. Yeah, I looked at him for this week and was perplexed. Um, 
not that's not the right word. I was interested, curious. Wow, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good stat profile for a guy at seven thousand flat. Yeah. Uh, so I like that. Um, he didn't make my list, but it's probably just because there's so many guys in the seven k range. Like you said, we can't play them all. Can't play them all. There's a ton of guys in the seven k range. Then here's the six k range. So it's KH Lee, Michael Kim, Robert McIntyre, amongst others, at sixty nine hundred. The middle of the range, Camilo Vijegas, who went from first round leader, or I don't know if he was first round leader. He wasn't. Sahith was, but he was up there after the first round to fiftieth last week. Uh, Will Gordon, Nate Lashley in the middle, and then the min price includes David Lingmurth. Tyson Alexander, Ryan Brem. What do you see out of the 6K range that might be worth snagging? I I think there's a couple guys to look at here. Uh, One, another really impressive profile um, at 6,900 is Vince Whaley. Um, This this guy looks, he has looked really good off the tee since the AT&T Byron Nelson uh, in, um, in May. He's played some really good golf since then. Uh, coming off a T8 in Bermuda, T13 at the RSM. He's putted really well as well. I think you're kind of seeing a uh, complete play out of him. And he's played the Sony Open twice. He has a missed cut and a T17. So I'm curious about Vince Whaley. 6,900. I, I think we can get better value, though. So we'll, why not go to... Oh, no, that's... Yeah, I... The next guy for me, Rick, was down a little bit to 6,500. And I have been wrong on him before. I liked him very much when he was a rookie on the PGA Tour. I I think you got it. Matthew Neesmith? Matthew Neesmith. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about this. Um, T15 at the Zozo, T28 at the RSM. Seems to be hitting it a little better. Seems to be putting it a little better. Seems to be putting it a lot better, which is fantastic. Now, we got a reset coming, so I don't know what we're going to get, but I like the value at at 6,500. It's so annoying. I'm sure it's even more annoying for him because when he is playing well, he was, I mean, he was literally a top 25 ball striker for a, for a period, statistically. Yeah. Um, and then he had that run, was it in like the... Yeah, it was here. It was last fall where he was like on the verge of winning, got the the season ended and he like it took him six months to find it in 2023. Then the season ends again. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Very yeah. frustrating. So annoying. He's probably winning a ton of cash at home. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah, he's winning a ton of money games. Yeah, single single round money games. So I, I like I like Neesmith. Um I I think it's worth it at at sixty five hundred. I also I think Nate Lashley is in a very similar position at sixty five hundred as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of interesting. I mean, you get Alejandro Tosti, who's played like two PGA Tour events, but kind of crushed Corn Ferry last year. Dylan Wu was statistically one of the most improved golfers from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three. So keep an eye on if that trajectory can continue. Um, down here, I'm just happy to take like. Flyer city, right? I mean, if it's the new guys, that's fine. If it's if it's putting specialists like Harry Hall, who finished 28th here last year, fine. Uh, th- this was already a hard week to figure out. This is the hardest section of the hardest week. What about uh? What about Kevin? You you had a stat. He was in your uh, your write up for the golf course this week. Yeah. So he is. Um. So I was looking at kind of just ways that. Um, guys separate themselves. And there's there's two kind of main ways to separate yourselves on the second shot and in. Either you have, you know, most approach, uh, most approach shots or birdie approach shots go to like 22 feet. So it's like how often, you know, how, how often are you hitting it inside of that? And Kevin, you just stuffs everything. He's just stuff, 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 stuffs, And doesn't make any of those putts, unfortunately. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, it is so bad. It's It's horrible. Uh, if, if it was only like a, if it was a par three closest to the pin competition, Kevin, you would be the best player in the world. Um, would you be out on him? Are you out on him because of the putt in? I think you have to be right. I mean, like, yeah. 
it's so bad. And if you if you don't get if you get a normal week from him, he's missing the cut. Like a normal week is not even like T thirty. It's just it's total ejection. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we got to get a like John Deere classic where he gained eight strokes putting out of nowhere. Right. I don't like rolling the dice on that. Um, but I thought it was interesting because I got down to sixty three hundred and his name popped up yeah. and I I read him in your article. Yeah. I I think there's another guy at sixty three hundred though who is not really a flyer. I think he's very playable. I'm kind of surprised his price is this low. You're familiar with him. He's warm and comfy. It's Joel Damon. <laughs> right, Joel Damon has a pretty good record here. Tied twelfth in twenty twenty, tied twenty second in twenty nineteen. Um, he's start has four starts here. Also, a, a missed cut in twenty twenty two and a tied seventy third in two thousand eighteen. But he had a tied seventh at the Shriners, tied thirteenth at the Sanderson. Put together yeah. some pretty good golf. He he needed he needed to change. His fall was much better. Yes. Uh, his summer coming down the stretch was 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 pretty horrible. He was he was losing it everywhere, which is pretty shot. I mean, he's an accurate he's a better player than that. Yeah, yeah. And you can start to see that with the 13th and the T7 in the fall. So okay, that's actually I don't mind that one single bit. Good record here, getting back to what you would expect from him. That's that's very fair. Yes. At 6,300, I mean, we're going to – look, in the 7Ks, we're taking chances, right? This gives you a really good opportunity to hammer home on the Brian Harmons and the Corey Connors and those 9K guys where we said, hey, you just can't get all of them. It really helps if you can put a Joel Damon in there at 6,300. Yeah, I I like that. I'm going to have to remember that when I start generating these lineups because that's yep. pretty darn good. Gives you a lot of salary cap relief. Right. And there's a reason for it, which we like. Yeah. But it's also not like, I mean, some of these guys, if I say a name, they're going to win, but like, like Kevin, you is just an absolute punt. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what you're expecting to, you know what I mean? It's just Joel Damon is at least, I'll be able to keep my lunch down if I roster Joel Damon. Right. Right. I I completely agree. I think you could be excited about it, quite frankly. Mav McNeely's back. I saw him the other day. He said he was uh completely healthy. He's he's happy that he's going full tilt again, were were his words, not mine. Uh that's good. Yeah. He, he he's also on a he's on a major medical extension. So yep. It'll be interesting to see. He missed Gary Woodland back. Woodland's back. Yep. So those are guys that maybe they're not, you know, playable this week, but these are, you know, tracking the ebbs and flows. We do this every single week, right? So, so when we do this next Monday for the American Express, we're going to look back and see what Mav McNeely did this week. And it'll be, it'll be part of the, part of the story. So there's, there's some of the guys I'm keeping an eye on as well. Yeah. I think Gary, I think Gary Woodland, I, I forgot to mention him. I, it's so cool that he's back. Yeah. And I was looking at some of his, where, what was his price? I, I, I thought well, I saw him in the 7,000. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, yeah. 7,100. And you just click on this profile. It's just dominant ball striking. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, um, I, I was doing, um, I was doing last 100 rounds because I was I was doing something for I was writing something up on Will Salatoris. So it was like, um, you know, last 100 rounds ball strikers. And it was, you know, Scotty and Patrick Cantlay and Colin. And then it was I think it was Will Salatoris and Gary Woodland were like five and six. Yeah. Crazy. It's so good. And then this unfortunate situation happens. I'm I'm just so glad he's back and playing. Um, I'm too worried to to play them in DraftKings, but I'll be watching closely. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of those guys that are, I'll put them on my whiteboard and I'll keep an eye on them after each round and see, see where they're headed. But yeah, this is a, this is a fun one. We're going to get a cut sweat, Greg, right? We're going to get a Friday night cut sweat. We are going to get a full field, uh, winner. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it again. It's a, it's a good field. There's a good mix. Um, and, and the cut, I love the cut. The cut. I love the cut. The first cut's the best cut. That is true. 
the first cut. Remember they used to have MDFs and there was a second cut? Uh, The worst. (laughs) Whose idea was that? Uh, I love not having MDFs. God, the MDF. You ever see those posters like uh, or picture little little pictures? I love not camping. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I love those things. I love this is I, I love not MDF. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, listen, we will be back Tuesday. Mega preview pod. That's storylines, picks, best bets, one and done. Our one and done selections will be revealed at that time. You guys have until Thursday when this thing tees off, and then we'll be back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, evening-ish for those in the East on the east coast because uh the boys are in hawaii and that is how time zones work so for now uh big thanks to producer troy does all the hard work behind the scenes greg Ducharme available at the real gfd and you can find me at rick run good this has been the first cut we'll catch you next time Mount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.